0: Hey, thank you for tuning in to the ReLove Podcast. This is Pastor Rico. Our hope is that today's message adds life and power to your journey as you grow. Thanks for joining us. All right. Uh, If you don't mind, just join me on your feet as we turn to the written word, which will prepare us for the priest's word and will by God's grace honor and exalt the living word. We're turning to Mark chapter four. The written word, which will prepare us for the preached word and will by God's grace honor and exalt the living word. When you have Mark chapter four and verse 37, let this bald head preacher know by saying let's eat. Oh, you don't sound hungry for the word of God on this morning. If you have Mark chapter four and verse 37, let me know by saying let's eat. The word of God reads on this wise from the version of the Bible that Jesus preached from. (laughs) The King James version, I'm joking. And there arose, and there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full this singular verse will inform our time together as we preach from the title storm troopers storm troopers father help us lest we perish in jesus name amen and amen and amen you always got to do it three times one for the father one for the son and one for the holy ghost don't be scared of the holy ghost Don't be scared of the Holy Ghost. Uh, I want to be honest with you. I don't know any other way to be. Uh, It's been a while since I've been with you. And and so you'll remember that I have a a brutal bout with how honest to be. And and that is because I had a professor who once told me, Lachey. he once told me that, that where did Elder Paula go? Where did Elder Paula go? I'm going to stop preaching until she comes back in here. Where, Elder Paula, come on back. You're all right now. Okay, so I, I had a professor who, who who bothered us. His name is Dr. James Richard Doggett, Senior, and, and he taught us he taught us that all too often preachers are schizophrenic. Where your husband go? Where you go? All right, tell him come back. I'm not gonna be. A, you know, I don't believe you have to be everlasting to be eternal. So I won't be here long. No, I'm serious. So so. <laughs> So so my professor taught us this problem with schizophrenic preachers. What's a schizophrenic preacher? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's the preacher who you you meet in the parking lot and, and he's somebody different than when he gets up here. Dig it, right? So Pete, so dig it. So I'm, this is how I talk for real, for real. This is how I could relate to people, all right? Like if I'm talking to you, I'll be like doing, this what I, I'll be talking like this. I just don't have a mic in my hand when I'm talking, right? So dig it. I, you know the preacher that is like, yo, what's up? Uh, if, Mama, you prayed up here. All right, so look, and young lady, it was good seeing you up here too, right? Because I was back there. I do intergenerational synergy. I do um, talks in corporate America for academic settings and for churches about how to have harmonious relationships between the generations so that we can harness the talents and the gifts of everyone that is in an organization, an academic institution, or a church. And so I was pleased to see this intergenerational synergy on Praise Team. Um, so here's what happens. So I'll be, I'll, I could be chopping it up with somebody. Yo, what's up? Y'all good? Okay, cool. I, I see uh, Pastor McBride. I'm like, yo, what's up, dog? You good? You straight? All right, solid. Yo, church, look, it's feeling good right now, right? You okay, cool. That's what's up. All right, the praise team is done okay. Um, Father, I just came today to tell you that God is, n- that's not who you are. Now, I know some people who they like that. I know some, no, I know some preachers that they're digital. Anybody ever seen the movie, The Matrix? Raise your hand. Okay, Elder Paula, get all of their names and numbers because they need Jesus right now. Intercessory prayer for each person who raised their hand at the movie theater. I'm about to tell Jesus on y'all. All right, so look, bong. So, so in, in the movie Matrix, they have this concept of the digital. <laughs> I, I'm trying to get into my sermon, Stop. The digital residual image, the digital residual image is how you see yourself. Here it is, Holy Spirit, I, I, how you see your spouse and yourself. And so you infuse your, your I, mean, I don't want to use this term, but you, you, you infuse your own sense of self with what people see. So if you have a defeated sense of who you are, guess what? That's what you're showing people whether you want to or not, because it's your digital residual image. And I have some pastoral friends that even if they in shorts, they in a suit. Because their digital residual image (laughs) is them in a suit, right? And so they they move around. They got on on trainers and they have on a a, a track suit and all that. But when you look at them, they still somehow seem like they in a suit. That's not me. All right, so look, here's what I want to do. I woke up this morning, this is, I, that was all a precursor to this. I woke up this morning, I, I, I texted Pastor McBride, and I told him I was going to preach a message this morning, and um, it, the title of it was uh, Cycles, from the story of Joseph, and you said, you invite me back? Okay, good. Um, and no, no, so watch this. So here's the thing, and, and, and the pastor can testify. I'm also, don't ask me questions because what I will ask you before I answer is are you sure you want to know? Because again, I struggle with being too honest sometimes. I'm not afraid of who I am, right? So, and you can ask the pastor just to cooperate what I'm about to say. So he, he said, yo, you know, Keith, shoot him the, um, the text and shoot him the um. The the title of the sermon, so we could throw it in in thing. And I was like, all right, cool. So, you know, last night we had worship with my little girl. And yesterday I was on with my covenant brothers and my pastor. And they were talking about the situation in Palestine and Israel, right? And so I'd already sent ahead this message. And so I woke up this morning to just go over edits, to just edit what the Lord, I felt like the Lord had already given me. Amen, somebody? Y'all got to talk back to me. All right, because, you know, like Pilate, no, I'm not going to tell y'all that part. So look, so I, 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 um, So I get up this morning, open up my computer, and begin to make edits to the sermon that I believed in that moment. Here it is, Holy Spirit, that I believe in that moment. Let me stop and parenthetically say to somebody, God can have led you to a certain point, but then caused you to divert into another situation. It's okay, just, befo- just because God told you that you were gonna get married next year, the man you date may not be the one he wanted you to marry. I just wanna deposit that in somebody's spirit on today because we often move on a word from God that we got two days ago, and when he shows up and says something else, we interpret that as the devil not the Holy Ghost. Is anybody listening to the preacher? And then we're afraid to make the move that God is telling us to move because we're so sure that the word we got two weeks ago is the only word the Lord can give. I just thought I should deposit that in somebody's spirit. So I wake up this morning and I'm making my edits and the Lord says, stop. I say, stop, okay. And he says, I want you to preach this. And I go, what's that? And I'm not a good typer. I dropped out of school in the 10th grade. And back when I was going to school, I ain't gonna ask nobody to tell the age, you had, to, you had to pass typing. I didn't pass typing. <laughs> so when the Lord tell me I gotta switch, I gotta go, do, go old school, right? I'm talking like so old school, like I go and get a, a, a chisel and a hammer. No, I'm joking. I go get, cause that's what y'all gonna think when I say I go get pen and paper. So I went and got the pen and paper. And, 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 and it began to just flow from me. And I said, oh, okay. So I was telling pastor, I said, I said, I'm sorry to do this, bro. I text him. I said, I'm sorry to do this. Amen. I said, I'm sorry to do this, but let the offensive line and receivers know I'm calling an audible. <laughs> is that the text, Doc? Exactly. I said, let the offensive line and receiver." I know how re-love works. So I said, let the offensive line and receivers know I got to call an audible. Here is the title that the Lord has given me. Here's what I have to say. And it's because of, the fact that we are now in a world uh, where the church is not being the church anymore. And we are at odds with what God called us into existence to be, because we wanna be comfortable and be liked by everybody. Okay, all right, so, so hit, let me, so, so I am a member of the Seventh-day Adventist church. I know contrary to what you see, I, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. <laughs> No, 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 for real, for real, for real, for real. I'm, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist, my pastor uh, even says to me, I mean, me and him have some arguments at times, he says, "Marquise, God has called you to the Seventh-day Adventist church, and that's where you are going to be, you can't leave it, I've tried. And, and here is the thing, I, am, I marvel, hey, I marvel at the fact that we are now uh, perpetuating a trope that says we should not be political. How is it that the Seventh-day Adventist church, now at this stage in Earth's history, has decided we can't be political? Any Seventh-day Adventist in the church? <laughs> right? No, because look it, from the inception of our pastor, Paula, she'll tell Look, I also know this woman will tell me you tripped up there today. Right? She will. But Pastor Paula, remember, and when we first became, I'm a convert to Adventism. And what brought me into the church, Pastor McBride, is the fact that we were in church talking about Revelation chapter 13, verse 11, and how America was the beast. Are y'all listening to the preacher? We were talking about how America was the prophetic beast that was going to merge. Here it is. That was going to merge Republicanism with uh, 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 Protestantism. Do y'all remember that? When we would read, when when the pen of inspiration would say that that Protestantism uh, was going to reach across the the, 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 the Gulf and clasp hands with Roman. Y'all don't remember any of that? How can we then not be political now? How can we afford to, 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 to be apolitical when, when, when we see the rise of white nationalism? How can we afford to be apolitical when, uh, uh, you know, the pen of inspiration talks about the Messiah coming back, a fake Messiah coming back through the gates in Jerusalem. How can we afford to be apolitical right now when Israel is pushing Palestinians? And I'm not going to take a side today, but I am going to charge us that we cannot be silent. We, we, we cannot be silent. And, and, and here is the text. Come on, Holy Spirit. Here is the text. The text, Mark chapter 4. I'm going to go back and forth, so please have your Bibles. Don't put it on the screen. I want to study today. I want to study today. I want to go back and forth between these two storms in Mark chapter 4 and Mark chapter 6. Is everybody with the preacher? But, but I, I want to say that what we see, listen to me, saints of God, what this is used is when Mark uses this crossing over in his book, when Mark uses this concept of crossing over, it represents moving from an apolitical place to a socio-political non-Jewish space. What, what do you mean, preacher? So, so when Jesus puts the disciples in the boat and tells them to cross over to the other side, Mark is using a rhetorical strategy meant to symbolize that they are moving from a non-Jewish, I mean, from a Jewish space to a non-Jewish space. And this is important because of what they will encounter in chapter 5. But when we talk about it being symbolic, preacher, what is it symbolic of? This crossing over to the other side is also symbolic of where we are right now in Earth's history, where we need to cross over from this aspect of humanity to the better aspects of humanity. I'm not preaching humanism, but we need to move from a version of humanity where being callous is acceptable as opposed to being compassionate. We need to move to a place where we are generous and not greedy. We need to move to a place where we are empathetic and not egocentric. We need to move to a place where we are altruistic and not apathetic. We need to move to a place where we are united and not divided. And if we're going to do that, the Bible sets the stage that we're going to have to be stormtroopers. If we're going to be at the forefront of ushering humanity into a place where we relate and we reflect the character of Jesus Christ, we have to understand that we're going to have to weather the political storm that we now exist in. Okay, all right. Father, we are at a pivotal point in prophetic history where we are literally crossing over to the other side. The Bible tells us in Mark chapter four and verse 35, I want you to note this, watch this, this is good, this is good. The Bible says that Jesus put us in the boat. Look at the text, y'all. The text says, and the same day when the even was come, he, Jesus says, let us pass over unto the other side. Okay, watch this, Mark chapter six, Mark chapter six, verse 45, watch this. The Bible says in Mark 645 I'm gonna go back and forth between the two. The Bible says, and straightway, Straightway in the Greek is euthaios, it means without hesitation. Jesus doesn't say, okay, move, we on the move. And straightway, he constrained, he what everyone? Okay, that wasn't everyone. He constrained, he what everyone? That that, that word in the Greek is he made them. Y'all with the preacher. The text says Jesus made them get in this boat. (laughs) <laughs> y'all, y'all, y'all know what happens once they get in this boat and get out on the water. What, what, what happens when they get in this boat that Jesus made them get into, that Jesus is in with them? What happens when they get in this boat and get out to sea? You know what happens. A storm comes. Y'all, y'all don't... Your marriage... Maybe experiencing and may sometimes experience storms, what you have to ask yourself in those moments is, number one, did Jesus put you in that boat? And if Jesus, come on, Holy Spirit, I need y'all to get this. Come on, wake up, y'all. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. If Jesus puts you in this boat, the text says, he's in it with, y'all don't want to talk back to me? The marriage ain't that bad when you can't listen to the preacher say, if God puts you in that marriage, the text says He's in it with you. Even when the storms beat, even when the winds assail, even when the waves rage, even when it looks like there's no way out, if Jesus puts you in that situation, He's in it with you. Husband, McBride, this lets me know. Oftentimes, we're in boats that aren't of our choosing. You think you chose. You only discern the move of God and tried your best to align with that. See, we didn't, they didn't choose this boat or this storm. Christ chose it for them. You, you, you struggling at your job? You mad, I shouldn't have took this job. No, 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 yes you should. The storm is going to help you build character for what God has for you next. Is anybody listening to the preacher? Oh, I shouldn't have took in this major. I should have majored in something easy. No, you should be happy that you're in a boat that God put you in because it's designed to grow you. Take some inventory, ask yourself, Did you choose the boat? Because that's when it's a problem. Or did Christ choose the boat? The text tells us Christ chose it. And if we are, the church is going to be what Christ wants us to be in the midst of the storm. We have to model Christ in the storm. And what that means is, I'm talking about politics, and since we are in this boat and this storm together, the text says, let us Us, we in this together, y'all. We 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 in this together. America, Palestine, Israel, Ukraine, Russia, we are all on this boat called earth together. I know, I know, y'all don't want to hear that. We want to say one side is bad, one side is good, and there is some bad and there is some good. But the reality is irrespective of where the bad or good is in your marriage, on your job, in your academic pursuits, the reality is we are in this. (laughs) we're in this together and when we talk about the political climate of the world in America that means we're in this together black white Hispanic Pan Pacific Islander Asian etc and if we're in this together why as Christians particularly in this church can't we have some deep respectful dialogue about critical race theory Why, 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 listen, here's the thing. Why we got to hide from one another in the church? Why why can't we come together and have a forum where you tell me, brother, no, I don't know this, and right now it's negative connotation. I don't know, maybe you are a MAGA Republican. (laughs) Hey, let's talk about it. Why can't we talk about it? Why can't we have that conversation here? Why can't we have conversations that may get testy, but then know that because Sister Paula is my sister. Do you know, I fought with, I did everything to my brothers growing up, but you couldn't touch them? When me and my brothers got mad at our mother, you know, we said, you know what your mama did? Man, your mama tripping, your mama tripping. But you couldn't say nothing about my mama. And listen to me, saints of God, in this context, why can't we have intelligent, deep dialogues about MAGA ideology versus critical race theory? Because what you'll find oftentimes is on both sides, we just repeating sound bites. The, 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 The liberals got their MSNBC, CNN, critical race theory sound bites and the conservatives got their (laughs) CNN-informed MAGA sound bites, and ain't nobody read anything on critical race theory. If I were to ask most people about critical race theory and where it originated, they probably couldn't even tell us. They would know nothing about Derrick Bell. They would know nothing about Michelle Obama and Barack Obama's relationship to Derrick Bell at Harvard. They would know nothing about a, a brilliant young lady who coined the term intersectionality, they, they wouldn't know that intersectionality comes out of critical race theory. They wouldn't understand that critical race theory and intersectionality is actually the point that says there are very, very, very serious issues that we face and we don't do it in a way that is just one one unilateral. So I am a black man who came from an uneducated background, in a poor, impoverished community in South Central Los Angeles, California, there are four intersections right there. An educational intersection, an economic intersection, an ethnic intersection. Are y'all listening to the preacher? Right? But then, <laughs> so saints so, so, of so, God, so, why can't we have those conversations together? Because this boat, we're all in together. And if we're all in together, and your pastor said this, and I didn't tell him this what I was going to preach, so he don't know how he just co- collaborate. I mean, he just kind of just confirmed what I'm about to say. See, Revelation chapter 22, verse 2, we all know Revelation. The Bible says that the leaves are for the healing of the nations. The word nations there in the Greek is ethnos. And a, a, a hyper-literal reading of ethnos means that God is going to wipe out ethnic divides and wipe out your ethnicity, and wipe out your ethnicity. But it doesn't say that. What it says is God is going to wipe out, not wipe out ethnic and cultural differences. It means he's going to harmonize them. How do you know that, preacher? Because Paul tells me, for now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face, now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I also am known. I'm going to be able to see Elder Paula, Pastor McBride, and they're going to be who they are right here. I know. You thought we was going to get there and what, what, what? Were all white people going to become black? And were all black people going to become white? (laughs) Well, what did you think that meant? Everybody was going to merge into, you know, blonde hair, tall. No, no, no. God is going to harmonize because I don't know about you. I'm married to a Trinidadian woman. I grew up on hog maws, chitlins, sweet potato, right? Not pumpkin, sweet potato, right? But then, but then I get I get with my wife, and I start learning about like ground provision, yeah. banana and yam and dashi. Come on, right? You see, see, see. Then I can oh, what is this? What is this wonderful delicacies? called Doubles and Polori. Well, I didn't know nothing about that. And so then when I go around, my my, my various friends like, would y'all know anything about ginger and black rice? Come on, anybody? See, come on. See, without those, we don't get to sample all of those wonderful delicacies because we want to eradicate one ethnic, one cultural background in favor of one. And we miss out on the beauty of some sweet potatoes with a little bit of, hmm, bus up shot. Saints of God, here, here's the thing. The text says we're in this together. But here is the thing that we are not doing as the church. The next thing we need to do after realizing we're in this together and therefore being open to having conversations and dialogues across the, the divides, the things that divide us, is we have to acknowledge the storm. Now, this is what birth, what God is saying to me this morning now I'm saying to you, is I listened to a bunch of people a couple of days ago wanting to pretend that we're not in a storm. I'm all for the love of Christ constraining me. I'm all for preaching that times can and will get better. But also this church taught me this concept called present truth. And I know that's become a bad word nowadays But can we talk about the present truth? And in talking about the present truth, acknowledge that we're in a storm. The Bible says, as they got in the ship together that Jesus made them get on, get in, a storm arose. A storm arose while they were in the boat. And then Mark chapter six, verse 47 says, and the wind was contrary. Saints of God, failing to acknowledge the storm does not help anyone. Are y'all listening to me? Acting like you, you know, acting like something ain't going on. That's just as crazy. Are y'all listening to the preacher? We need to, during the storm, encourage conversation and even potentially a season of confession and repentance because we're in a storm. How did we get in this storm? And here's the thing: the Bible, the Bible is making it very clear that we have to not only acknowledge the storm, but we have to be willing to at times speak to the storm in both instances Jesus addresses the storm Jesus literally says to the storm peace be still he doesn't talk around the storm He doesn't fail to acknowledge the storm. Jesus speaks to the storm. And the church, particularly the Seventh-day Adventist church, should be compelled to speak to the storm. Speak to what we're going through. Speak to what's happening. And here's the thing, because in a storm, notice the Bible says the waves came. Did you notice that the waves came? You know what happens when waves hit a boat? It raises it up and lowers it down. Up and then down, up and then down. And here is the thing, when we're in the storm, if we acknowledge we're in the storm, we'll understand why people are having ups and downs. Ups emotionally, down emotionally, up financially, down financially, up relationally, down relationally. We need to understand that the storm is causing us to have some ups and some downs. If we don't do that, Dr. Martin Luther King said, we like the content of our character, quote. But Dr. King said, if the church does not recapture its prophetic zeal, it will become an irrelevant social club without moral or spiritual power. We have to address the ways of emotions, the waves, of financial, the waves of relationships. And what we need to do, saints of God, is you have to realize we have failed to address them when we were up before COVID. And so it's nearly impossible to address them now that we're down. And we need to understand that we have to address the waves and the storms while people are riding high and prepare them as Joseph did that there may eventually come a point when we are once again down. And here's the thing. This is why I know we got to talk about this, because the Bible gives us a very a very interesting thing. The Bible tells, it tells us in Mark chapter 4 and in Mark chapter 6 that, that all of this takes place. Watch this. Mark chapter 4. Watch what the Bible says. The Bible says in verse 35, and the same day when the even was come. Watch this in Mark chapter 6. Watch this in Mark chapter 6, verse 47. The Bible says... And when he had sent them away, I'm sorry, and when even was come. The the, the Bible is letting us know that a lot of these ups and downs will, will happen in dark periods of time. All right. Dark existential days, dark political days, dark environmental days. What are you talking about, preacher? We can't be silent during this storm we have to acknowledge that we're in a storm and that the storm we're in has caused us to face some dark days. But here's the last thing I'll say and then I'm out of here. The final thing is, one, we're in this storm together. We're in this boat together. The second thing is we have to acknowledge (laughs) that we're in a storm. But the third and the final thing is, Notice the effect that the storm has on the disciples. The Bible says in Mark chapter four, verse 38, they went looking for Jesus. The Bible says in Mark chapter six and verse 49, they cried out to Jesus. Notice that the storm made people look for Jesus. And and, and this reminds me, this reminds me of this this story. My my daughter was listening to Jonah this morning. And so it reminds me of the story of Jonah, that Jonah is running from God. Y'all know that story, right? Jonah is running from God. God shows up and says to Jonah, Jonah, arise and go to Nineveh. Y'all remember that, right? And so Jonah hears the word of God and he begins to run from God. Now I want you to notice something. Jonah is not running from God spatially. He knows that God is omnipresent. He's trying to get away from God relationally. And so as he runs from God, he goes down to a place called, we always talk about the boat to Tarshish, but he goes to a place called Joppa. And as we look forward and we see Joppa in Jonah's time, because we have the whole Bible, if we look back, we would see that there's a man called Peter who God shows up and and lowers a, 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 a napkin with animals in it and tells him, arise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter says, I've never eaten any unclean thing. And God says, I'm not talking about animals. I'm talking about people. And guess where Peter is, Joppa. Peter's in Joppa not wanting to talk to people. Just like Jonah was in Joppa not wanting to talk to people. But, but, but Jonah gets down to Joppa, y'all, and he gets on a boat. And I want you to notice something that is very important here. When he gets on this boat, he runs into sailors. When the storm hits, watch this. I'm telling y'all, when the storm hits, remember the shipmaster comes looking for Jonah in the hull of the ship. And what he says to him is, O sleeper, arise and call to your God. In the Hebrew, that's exactly what God had said to Jonah. Why are you telling us this, preacher? Because the storm found the word of God in the mouth of a sailor. The storm made the mariners, made the sailors start looking for God. And the storm made the people start looking for God. And and, and here's what's going to happen. As this storm rages in the darkest hours of Earth's history, people are going to start wondering, where can I find Jesus? Where where, where can I find someone to help me manage my ups and downs? Where where can I find somebody to be in my storm with me? Where, 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 where can I find Jesus? As we call ourselves the church, we have to be where people can find Jesus in their storms. And, and, and we're not going to, they're, they're not looking for a Jesus who didn't come to set the captives free. Or set at liberty the oppressed. Or heal the bruised. They're looking for a Jesus who speaks to Storms. So I just stopped by to tell you today that not only in this period of Earth's history are you being called to be extremely Christian. God is calling you to be stormtroopers. And, and the thing I love about stormtroopers, Lord, listen to me, saints of God, this is it. If you ever saw that movie, don't raise your hand this time because then you had two strikes against you. and Pastor McBride, in the Star Wars movie, the Jedi's and the rebellion I mean they would be shooting these stormtroopers and they'd be falling to the left and falling to the right and falling in the front and falling in the back but no matter how many of the stormtroopers they took out there was always more no matter how much the battle raged, no matter how much the war, how long the war took, I mean we have had nine trilogies of Star Wars and there's still some stormtroopers. And so I'll stop by to let you know, Rene Love, we have been trooping through storms before now. We trooped through storms in 2008. We trooped through storms in 2016. We trooped through storms in 2020. We trooped through storms in 2021. And I stop by to let you know, we're going to troop through this storm too. Together, acknowledging the storm, being the place where when people are looking for Jesus, they can find him in you. Saints of God, be stormtroopers. And know that you're not in this storm by happenstance. But you're not in this storm alone. Jesus is with you. God bless you.